Hello, everyone, and welcome to the ISO Review Podcast, a production of Simplify ISO. The ISO Review Podcast shares the latest international standards development and is your resource for getting the most out of your management systems. Hello, I'm Howard Fox, business coach and host of the Success Insight Podcast, and I am joined by Jim Moran, ISO management system professional, now celebrating his 31st year delivering ISO support. Jim, good morning, and welcome back to the ISO Review Podcast. Howard, thank you very much, and it's a it's a pleasure to be here today. It's been a, a while, and we're really making some great headway with this ISO 27001 activity we're involved with here. So thanks for making yourself available to do these podcasts, and looking forward to the next one. You got it. It's ISO review. ISO 27001 is certainly a, a topic that keeps on giving because there's so many intricacies and elements of it that there's lots of just opportunity to really not only share your insights and your experience, but also to give those insights and share those with your listeners. And I'm sure they're getting benefit out of it as well. So what's in store for us today? Well, today, Howard, we're going to be discussing a topic of that is near and dear to everyone's heart, root cause analysis. Luckily, not root canal. But root cause analysis, it, it's in every standard. It's required that you determine the cause of the nonconformance. And it, it's a little bit different with information security because of the vastness of the potential sources of the nonconformance. So what I've done is put together a chart <clears throat> that talks about the comparison between the Ishikawa fishbone, which I think many of our listeners are familiar with, it's been around for 60 years, and Annex A in the new version of ISO 27001, the 2022 version. And it it's amazing how beautifully they line up together. And I'm in my head, I believe it's going to make it more um, useful for our listeners if they're doing a cause analysis from an information breach, data breach, security breach, whatever, they, they, they now can add more texture to the cause, the determining the cause of the, of the issue. So, so I've got a question. Yeah. You mentioned this, this diagram, is this a diagram that would perhaps be something we'd want to share with listeners to the podcast if we were to send them to a uh, uh, using a link to send them somewhere. Oh, for sure. We can set that up. Okay. It's very simple. Sure. It's a, just a four column table, but I put some okay. examples into the table of what, where they might find sources of data breaches just to get them started. Okay. Once they have a copy of ISO 27001, the 2022 version, they'll see all these requirements in the annex at the end of the sections. And they'll see exactly what we're talking about. Excellent. Yeah, well, let's plan to do that. Alrighty. So what we will actually be the th three things we'll be talking about will be starting off with the Ishikawa fishbone and how it lines up with Annex A. Then we're going to answer the question, how can we use this model to identify contributing issues, contributing to a data breach or any kind of performance? And then after we've discovered a potential cause, implementing the corrective action to minimize the risk. So 
if you're, if our listeners can picture a table in their mind's eye with four columns, you'd be looking at the four areas of the Annex A, and, and maybe our listeners by now from listening to some of the other shops have realized that what used to be the eight different divisions in Annex A has now been broken down into four. And the first one is organizational controls. So if we think of the Ishikawa fishbowl, <laughs> some people may realize or remember the original four words he used were man, method, machine, and milieu, man being people and machine being all the infrastructure, the building, the hydro, the HVAC, all that stuff. The man method machine, the methods would be your processes and the milieu is the work environment. Many of you will recognize those from ISO 9001 as people, the man, and the method are, is clause eight, all the ways you make your product or service appear. The machine is infrastructure clause 713. And then of course the milieu is work environment 714. So I'll try to make this a, a clear in everybody's head. So if we go to the, what, what Ishikawa referred to as the, or milieu, the organization, the whole body, the first section of ISO 27001 Annex A is part five, and it's called organizational controls. So that lines up beautifully with the work environment. Talks about different things like information security, roles, responsibilities. You'll recognize that as an org chart. Uh, threat intelligence, that's a big one. That's in the in the, 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 the work environment part, return of assets, that's part of your, it's kind of a gray area, but all things to do with the organization itself. That's the first one. The second section in ISO 27001 Annex A is six people controls. So that lines right up very easily with Ishikawa, Ishikawa's word either man or people, whatever you like to call it. And clause 7.1.2 in ISO 9001 talks about terms and conditions of employment, disciplinary processes, remote working. Everybody has, everybody who's listening to us today, Howard has experienced that I'm sure. And then the last part of the people section is the reporting of any event. And all of you have a non-conformance method in place already. If you're ISO certified to any of the standards, you just use the same tool. The next section in the 27001 Annex A is called physical controls. And that would be like the processes that you use to, to determine, to get everything going, making sure that the equipment is good. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a, a blend between the, the machine and the method, but more the machine. So think of this as the 7.1.3 of NICER 9001, the, uh, the in, uh, infrastructure. So think of physical controls matching up with infrastructure. And then you'll see the final section of these 93 
requirements in the annex are the technological controls, which would be, if we think man, method, machine, and milieu, they'd be the method. This would be the method part. So we've got the man covered with the people controls. We've got the method covered with the organizational controls, the first section. We've got the machine covered with the, the milieu covered, I'm sorry, with the um, organizational controls as well. And then finally, the controls would be probably, again, a blend between the actual building itself. That's where it starts, physical security of the perimeters, but also all the working activities that you do protecting against physical environmental threats, for example, equipment, siting and protection, storage media, supporting utilities, cabling. And when we're thinking technological controls, we'd be looking at things like logging, monitoring activities, clock synchronization, informa information backup, <clears throat> excuse me, segregation of networks, web filtering, use of cryptography and there's just as i said 93 of these requirements but if you break them into the same categories as ishikawa this gives you a great opportunity to take advantage of what you're already used to you're already used to doing ishikawa fishbone you're doing non-conformance corrective actions all the time so this will help you blend it into what you're already doing, in fact, it'll help you enhance the, op the work you're doing with determining causes. And in fact, it may even help you discover a cause that you wouldn't have discovered if you weren't considering the four sections of Annex A while you're doing your cause analysis. So I guess another question is <laughs> when should you do a root cause? How much is enough? And your organization will have probably a set of criteria that tells you if the number of the, the likelihood is this and the number of the consequences is this, and we multiply them together and we get this, that might give you a sense of when you need to do a root cause. The only caution I have for our listeners with a formula like that is that if, let's say, you're using one to five and 25 is the scariest, highest likelihood is five, highest consequence is five. So you've got a number 25. A lot of times companies will take something like if it hits 13, we need to do a root cause or we need to put a control in place. The problem with a simply a straight mathematical equation is that you could have something that is high in its consequence, five, but low in likelihood, one. And you probably, so I give you a one times five would be five, and you probably wouldn't necessarily pay much attention to it. And if something went wrong in that area, you may or may not do a root cause analysis based on your formula for when you should do a root cause analysis if you have one. The standard doesn't require that you do, but if you happen to be an organization that does, it might not hit your radar. So my suggestion is when to do a root cause analysis, anytime the consequence is five, despite what the likelihood is. So even if it's a five, 
or a 10 if it's one or a two to the likelihood on a scale of five, but the consequence is still a five, I go ahead and do a root cause analysis and use both the Ishikawa fishbone and the four clauses of Annex A. So after you've discovered a potential clause, it's important to implement the corrective action to minimize risk. And of course, many of the listeners have heard me mention using a flowchart for mapping your work activities from the time the client calls till the money goes in the bank. And when you're making changes to your information security management system, this is vital. It's important to make sure that if you make a, a change in box six of say 20, that you're not going to screw up box seven or eight or nine or 10 and make sure that the people in box seven are aware of what's coming when you're getting ready to implement the nonconformance. People love variety, but they don't typically like change very much. I've never been able to figure that out, except if I decide it's going to be different, I think of it as variety. And Howard, if you tell me it's going to be different, I think of that as change. <laughs> just kind of the way humans work, I guess. So yep. <clears throat> once you've discovered the potential cause and have started to work on a corrective action, make sure that your implementation includes people downstream from where the information security process or control is going to be changed. You, you can never eradicate all threats ever. It's just not a possibility. But a good root cause analysis will help your risk management activities so that you can strengthen your information security management system and sleep better. The other thing to remember is once a nonconformance has happened, don't forget to go back to your original risk identification, risk analysis, and risk determination, if you will, go back to your original rating and see if you missed this to ask yourself the question, what was the weakness in our system that allowed this to happen first? And then could we have avoided this breach if we had done a better job of risk analysis? And 90% of the time, the answer is going to be no. I mean, you do the best you can with determining risks, but still being aware that you might be able to fine tune your, your actual activity where you're determining risks and creating a risk treatment, that, that might be a better way to look at it than just trying to find somebody to blame. And don't forget as well that your controls that you have in place are also your best defense and make sure that everyone in the organization understands that you've built the best possible protection that you can to stop intruders coming in from the outside. And usually the only way they can get in is if someone in the organization isn't using the control or isn't using it properly. Now that isn't to say it's their fault per se, although sometimes it could be, but it's important for organizations to train, 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 and train some more. As our friend, Mr. Deming said, keep people aware of the constant threat that's out there. Keep people aware, acutely aware that they are often, the employees in an organization are often the, the leak that happens that lets somebody in to do some nasty stuff. So there you have it, Howard.
Very good. And I am curious, one item just, just jumping out at me. Within these 93 categories, and we kind of organize them in the four columns, yeah. it would seem to me that each one of these columns has different uh, individuals with, with different kinds of expertise who will be able to then go back and kind of evaluate the, the root cause as opposed to one, per, one person, one team. Okay. You're going to cover all looking at the, the Ishikawa diagram. Mm -hmm. Here's the, the four clauses in Annex A. You have to look at everything. This is an opportunity to divvy up the work also to create more awareness from members of the team. So the education and the experience can go deeper into the organization because these folks have different responsibilities and they could, that could be a learning opportunity, I would think. And it just, I don't know if that's true or not. I just, it was something that was kind of jumping out at me as you were just going through this process. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. That's very astute, an astute observation. And you're absolutely right. In this standard, unlike any other standard, each one of the information assets needs to be identified and someone has to own it. So if there is a breach that relates to that particular information asset, that'd be the ideal person to have on the, the root cause analysis team and the person perhaps that they report to and maybe someone who reports to them. So as you suspected, these, all these areas will have kind of a specialist, we hope now in a company of five or six people, it wouldn't be possible, but anything right. 15, 20, that kind of size and above will have, have a, either a department or an actual person who you can say, this person owns this asset and information is considered an asset. Of course, it's, it is absolutely essential to any organization to stay alive. And there is a document, by the way, that works along with this ISO 27,000 and it has definitions in it and it defines information as anything that anybody needs in order to do their work. So it could be data, it could be ch charts, it could be just about anything, but anything that, that they use, anything you can identify with information is important to include in the cause analysis, look at it as an asset, find out how the asset got compromised and then plug the hole if possible. The other, the other thing that the Ishikawa approach encourages when you include it with the Annex A concept is that you can start looking for more things in the same heading of Annex A. Let's say you were looking in the organization, you decided it was an organizational issue had to do with maybe segregation of duties, threat intelligence, inventory of information and other associated assets. You can look further in that group. And those four groups have unvarying numbers anywhere from 15 to 35 or 34 in each group. <clears throat> so that if you find a nonconformance in one area, in one of those four control groups in in 27,001, you could look further inside that group 
to see if maybe you could plug some more holes and make your system even stronger. So thanks. That was great. Very good. I, I love this, this conversation today because you're, you're laying out very much in, for my, how my head works, a process, a, a kind of template or roadmap, if you may, of here's how you can make these connections very methodically, mm -hmm. uh, assess the consequences, the likelihood dive back into the potential causes and begin to formulate protective actions, making sure you have the right people at the right, doing the right activities to work through this process. And that, that very much appeals to the, how my head works in terms of organization and process. I appreciate that, Jim. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. So thanks again for the opportunity, Howard, and we will definitely put a link for the folks to have a look at, we've got the, a really nice diagram with the, how the Ishikawa fishbone lines up and they'll see each under each one, the organization controls, people controls, physical controls, technical controls. We've named how many are in that group and given some examples. So there'll be something for them to start with. I love it. I love it. And uh, I, it's nice every once in a while to provide a little gift for our listeners. Yeah, yeah. This definitely, uh, uh, definitely would appeal to me as well. Okay. So Jim, I, I don't know if we've, uh, decided what our next topic will be, but once you and I kind of debrief after this week's podcast, we can certainly have information about our next episode in the show. In the notes. show. So That's great. No worries if we don't have it at this moment. Thanks. If our listeners would like to learn more about you and your work, let's do remind them the best places for them to go. They can hit simplifyiso.com. There's a contact button there. And the Learning Alliance, CA, there's a contact button there as well. And you, I think you'll be putting links to my LinkedIn profile, the YouTube channel, and the articles I've done in LinkedIn on this very topic. Every one of those is going to be in the show notes. So we appreciate that. Well, Jim, it's again, uh, always a pleasure to, uh, spend some, uh, quality time. I learn a lot every time we have a conversation like this, and I enjoy helping to facilitate this conversation around a topic that, you know, uh, so well, and hopefully our listeners will truly appreciate the depth of, uh, the experience being brought to the the forefront today in conversations like this, and we'll continue to, uh, reach out, comment, learn, and visit this Simplify ISO website and the other ancillary sites, as well as your social sites. So the learning continues, my friend. So thank you so much. Thanks, Howard. Have a great week and we'll see you at the next podcast recording. Sounds like a plan. All right, folks, just once again, if you'd like to learn more uh, about the ISO Review podcast, uh, do check out Jim's website at simplifyiso.com. And you can also learn more about my work at Fox Coaching and my podcasting services. We'll have a link to the Fox Coaching website uh, as well. And also we'll have a link to my LinkedIn profile. Uh, Final reminder, the ISO Review Podcast is a production of Simplify ISO, and you can find us online on our website or wherever you listen to your podcast. Until then, go out and have a fantastic day. 
and enjoy yourselves. Hopefully the weather's changing wherever you are and just be safe, take care of yourselves and the community. And we will see you on a future episode of the ISO Review Podcast. Take care now.